I read the whole fucking article on the way back from Pikeville. Let me just go ahead and tell you, though. You'll be proud of me, Tanya. I I like to think I've conquered the gender binary a little bit this week. (laughs) I'm sure you haven't, but do tell. I'm experimenting with perfume. I smell it from here. Is that what that is? That is what that is. I thought it was you. (laughs) Not me, friend. Yeah, I've, uh, well, the thing is, is cologne doesn't wear very long on me, and I kind of like to smell like a French whore a little bit. And, uh, you know, what is... I stand corrected. (laughs) I have conquered it, ain't I? Anyway, so, um, yeah, that's my story. What's wrong with natural smells? I don't know. Why is everybody so opposed to natural? They smell like a goddamn polecat. Who, me? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just fun. I love the old polecat reference. I feel like that's mostly a Tennessee thing. <laughs> I love that. That's Go a skunk for, for Look, <laughs> you, attract, you attract maids better with your own natural pheromones. Okay. Okay. Maids? Maids, yeah. You attract maids who come clean your house. If you're walking down the street, they're like, Oh, is that B.O.? Domestic workers. Can I please come clean your house? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what happened to your cabin? It's not clean. It's clean all of a sudden. It's clean because I attracted some maids. It smells like shit. He must need his cabin cleaned. (laughs) Amazing. It looks good in here, yeah? Yeah, it looks great. I could tell as soon as I come in it had been spiffed up. In fact, I was able to... Spot something I needed on your table, <laughs> but before you know, nothing was discernible. You couldn't tell what was going on around here. Well, um, you know, I have got my days down to like um, I'm back in a rhythm again. Good. That's I go good over news. to the coal blockade, to the Harlan County coal blockade, like support your brothers <laughs> and mine <laughs> yeah. for no other reason than like I'm like. Yeah, man, I'm in the same boat as y'all. <laughs> Unemployed. <laughs> Unemployed. Yeah. Fucked by the man. No, I really do think that they are... Well, they, when they ask you what you do, what do you say? Ah, a little this, a little that. Oh, yeah, I tell them I don't have a job. I mean, like, it's funny. Like, you could tell... Like, okay, so there's, like, several different classifications of people who go to the coal miner blockade. There's, like, the... I don't know what you would call sort of, like, activists or opportunists. People who, like, want to use it. As a, um, you know... Valor. Valor, <laughs> yeah. There's that. And then there's, like, the tourists. There's, like, woke tourists. It's sort of like a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess... Were you uh, there on Sunday? Yeah. And so somebody had driven all the way from California. Huh? Yeah, it was like... I know th- they flew in, somebody said. Because some, I didn't meet them, but I was sitting talking to an- another group of people, and they were like, yeah, somebody flew here from Florida. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, and the, but the guy was asleep in his van when I was like, when I had walked the Florida in. Florida guy? Yeah, right. apparently. But I heard one woman, <laughs> I never met her, got near her, but I heard her telling uh, this other guy, one of the miners, he was saying, you can stay here tonight, we got plenty of camping gear and stuff. And she was like, well, I think we're going to go to Pikeville and get a hotel. You know, these photo shoots, they last all day long and start really early. So, and I've got on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So I really have to, you know, I have to get a good night's sleep. What do you think she was photo shooting for? I have no idea. I, you know, if I had cared enough, I would have said, oh, what's your photo shoot for? But I didn't <laughs> give two rats ass <laughs> about her photo shoot. She wasn't a model, I can tell you that. <laughs> I have no Shade. idea. <laughs> yeah, I have Jesus. no idea. So there's this. That's a shame. It takes you three days to look like that. <laughs> She's like, fuck you. Hate, 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 hate. (laughs) 
There's those. So there's those two groups, and then the third is journalists. You know, people writing about it or trying mm-hmm. to film it or whatever. Cousin, I don't cousin to the hobgoblin. Yeah, <laughs> I don't fall into any of those. Oh, is that right? Say, so, I'm just kind of a part-time <laughs> piece of guy. You're the fourth group. What's the fourth group? Unemployed layabouts. Ne'er do wells. Ne'er do wells. Just showing a little bit of unemployed solidarity. Pass, no, I'm in the group of passerby. I have I, every time I've went over there, it was on the way to something else, or I'm on my way <laughs> home. And but I, I feel like I can't just drive by there. It feels like it feels awful. So I just stop every time. I have to go through Harlan, which has been about eight times now. I've drove past there and had to stop. Yeah, like, yeah fuck and pull <laughs> over. Not whip it over. Yeah. You can't drive past it. Well, I guess I. I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't fall into any of those groups. But I guess I could start carving out a fourth group as like um, uh, Camp Jester. I could start being... keep morale high with your humor. You know how they have like USO comedy things for the troops? I could start doing (laughs) comedy for the miners. (laughs) USO, but for the miners. Right. Let's just record live over there. I bet we don't get one laugh. Hey, like, hey, like, uh... I th- I I get here's some good material that would get you a laugh at that particular crowd. Man, cell phones really ruin good fishing stories. And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, do some little clap." Cuz you know like you've thought about this. You you've been writing <laughs> material for for the for the <laughs> USO trip to Harlan County. Amazing. <laughs> Seriously, when you think about it, man. So what is the deal the with deal? cell phones and fishing <laughs> trips, you know? It is kind of fishy, you know? Like Cell phones have cut down on good fishing stories, though, I feel like. Uh, because if you got if you caught a really good big fish, you'd take a photo of it. I'll tell you what they really like. It's not a story anymore. Yeah. It's a picture. It's a picture. <laughs> and I don't know how this will play, given their employment situation, but I've noticed humor that really works well in eastern Kentucky is humor about people's work ethic. <laughs> or lack thereof. Oh, they love it. Won't eat yeah. pie in a pie factory. At, that'll get you a laugh every, <laughs> every time. Every time. With effortlessly. <laughs> also, this is just unanimous anywhere. Dick jokes always hit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or jokes about people that actually have money. Like one yeah. of my favorite setups, you're at a restaurant and you send the bill. Say, hey, Jeff's got all the money. You get mine, Jeff. <laughs> they love that. I, it I, kills. I think it's hilarious, too. <laughs> but I can't figure out if I think it's funny because it's funny or because I just love their reaction to it. <laughs> or, 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 and this destroys any room. What is this, boys? Union meeting? I <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah, of course, I guess they kind of wish it. Would have been union made. Yeah, too bad it was. They described meeting. it as that. Um, one of one of the women yesterday was saying that um, she was like, "Oh, this is basically our own little sort of union that we tried to make." Donna, Stacy. Mm. Well, um, we're recording this on Tuesday, so by tomorrow afternoon, by Wednesday afternoon, we'll know something. We'll know something about what's going to happen over there. We should have recorded tomorrow. Well, we still can. Because we only have yeah. Tom one more day this week, right? Yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. We may have to record tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow will be the Patreon then. You have to tune into the Patreon to find out what <laughs> happens go in the over, morning. Yeah, let's go over there and we'll, we'll tr- I'll try all my Eastern Kentucky humor. <laughs> you all do it. And we'll see. I'll say, just everybody just by a show of hands here. We've been taking bets on who finds what funny here. <laughs> Terrence, go ahead with your, um, what was it, your fishing joke? <laughs> Now here, this is he the tells it. It's hey, a smattering of claps. Yeah. But Tom, you That's have right. to you have to pull a water money out of your pocket like you did at the live show at Summit City. Be like, oh, we've got prizes, prizes, people. 
I would, that would be good, but it would also feel very fucked up. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Tom's ready to buy a laugh. Well. At the live show. It has been an interesting experience over there. Um, and, you know, without getting too into the weeds, I don't want to get into the weeds about it, but the thing that is interesting about it is that like I think I think you had pointed this out that like people really kind of wanted this to be a sort of pits and perverts round two you know what I mean like a sort of um, you know 2019 version of the uh, the Welsh you know coal industry sort of collapsing in the 80s and mm-hmm. people turning out for it the big difference here yeah is that um, what you're seeing now is like what it looks like when an industry collapses that isn't unionized. You know what I mean? Like, what happens when an industry collapses and it's not unionized and it's just sort of like ad hoc, nor is it nationalized, and Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like ad hoc. Things collapse here, things collapse there. And not just that, in a society where there's, like, no social safety net. Like, I was over there on Saturday or or Friday, and there's this German reporter there. Amazing. Yeah, and he was like, so you have... uh, you you um do you collect unemployment and they're like yeah you know but you gotta pay taxes on unemployment and he was like you have to pay taxes on unemployment and it's less <laughs> yeah it's just making, like yeah. what, like you could tell like and plus you know he was asking them about healthcare they're like yeah we don't have healthcare I mean like this country is so barbaric it's insane yeah, people with black lung are sitting over there without like oh yeah without healthcare like literal people that are fighting for their life absolutely Donna's husband I can't think of his name yeah. Not even like able-bodied people. <laughs> yeah, David. David Raleigh. Well, she's got bad health, uh, lung problems as well. I, I'm sure they're related. I mean, this might be an old wives' tale, but I've heard it multiple times that, like, in the like heyday of mining here, that women. Uh, like the wives of miners often suffered worse lung conditions one because their like lungs were made differently and they hadn't worked they didn't work up the same tolerance but because they were doing all the laundry and like in such an intense situation (laughs) with all this fucking dust and bullshit that's fucking crazy that's insane (laughs) you think that's insane like you think that's real or not real i don't know I love an old wives tale myself i do love the image of like toiling away in the laundry room and it's so dusty that <laughs> and they're just like cleaning everything well there's like all kinds of like eastern kentucky folk tales about that like uh oh shit what is it called there's one famous one like that mm. ash puppet ash doll i've not heard this anyway <laughs> anyway ash doll i don't know it sucks so bad when you start telling a story and realize you can't, I can't remember any of the details because <laughs> i've yeah. drunk myself stupid <laughs> yep well, in uh, in other East Kentucky news, um, Donald Trump Jr. was here. Uh, yeah, last week. Did y'all see that? Uh. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the pictures. <laughs> I think uh, there were more people last time Folk Soul Revival rode through town. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they showed up anyway. Yeah, it was honestly. I was shocked. I mean, granted, it's not the OG himself. It's not the. The Donald. It but was Donald Jr. and our sitting governor, right? And Hal Rogers. All three of them. Yeah. Triple threat couldn't pull down a Sunday congregation. <laughs> yeah. And um, and on that note, all a lot of the attendees were dressed like it was a In Sunday. Sunday best. <laughs> it was literally a sea of blazers. 
Oh, it was, it was your quintessential. So, okay, here's what they were doing. They were announcing the opening of a new 360 job or 300 job facility um, in McCreary County. Uh, outside what? of Stearns. The aluminum. Fibrotex. <laughs> it is a... It is a... <laughs> You can't make this shit. I'm up. serious. It's material that um, is being produced by the military, and so uh, or for the military. Ah, classic Hal Rogers. Yeah, stuff. and so Hal Rogers even said that in his press mm-hmm. relief. He said Hal Rogers uh, used his position on the Defense Appropriations Committee. Yeah, this is so. his legacy: defense appropriations and prisons. Remember, he did mm-hmm. the oil pans for mm-hmm. the helicopters, made the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Undeterred, just kept doing that. Nope. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. They were announcing that. I think they did several stops. I think they, uh, they did like, um, or I don't know. I guess they only did the one in Pikeville, but it was so sparse. I was shocked at how sparsely attended mm-hmm. it was. Um, pretty amazing. What do you think it'd been if if the real DJT would have came through? Oh, we would have been packed. Asshole you, elbow. You yeah. yeah, I think so. I do. Too. I do. People would have come from far and wide, I think. Oh, you think it would have drawn? People would have traveled for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, George Bush came to my hometown when I was in high school. Um, He's a Texan, though. Yeah. He said, uh, He's from Maine. He he said, uh, It's good to be back in a part of the world where the cowboy boots outnumber the ties. And everybody <laughs> everybody lost it. They were like, yeah! And oh, then, said, this is a man that literally wears a tie every day. Yeah. And yeah. he's from fucking New Hampshire. Some yeah. intern who wrote that line got the biggest bump ever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Amazing. But Bill Clinton came to Hazard one time, and it was a pretty raucous affair. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like... Well, he's, he came, I guess, while you were living here, too. Remember that time we went over there and seen him? He did. He came, like, four years ago. But it wasn't to the same fanfare. Was it for Hillary? Lundgren Grimes. He was. He oh, was, that's right. Yeah. He was campaigning for ALG. Grimes against Mitch McConnell. That means, bro, <laughs> they're going to bring somebody big back for this 2020 Mitch McConnell. Yes. Watch it be Bill Clinton. <laughs> If he, I'm, but he just gets up there and just goes on about like how he didn't know Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to leave an <laughs> Epstein chance. <Yeah. laughs> I've Who already killed Epstein? Yeah. <laughs> like we're at a fucking uh, basketball What's that saying yeah. at the back of the auditorium? <laughs> <laughs> hey, quiet back there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> wow. I hope. Well, uh, I was asking the guys down at the blockade, like, um, have y'all had any big politicians politicians roll through? And I guess Matt Bevin's probably the biggest one that rolled through. Um, Offering selfies. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bernie blew an opportunity. I don't know. Yes and no. I don't know. Supposedly what is people, well, what they told me on the phone was that it was too far once they realized it was so far. Like, well, yeah. Uh, how many times have I heard that trying to get ass? <laughs> that yeah. Trying to yeah, get somebody yeah. to drive down. It's, it's like too far. <laughs> my, my limit's three hours, yeah, yeah, but you're three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing in this situation? You're, yeah, you're outside the booty call range. Yeah. They're like, so let me get this straight. I have to fly into Tri-Cities <laughs> Airport and then drive another in hour Tennessee. and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you dick pick wasn't that good, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pull it down. Bernie and them did the same. Yeah. They're like... I think they also told him, because I guess there's been, I missed this somehow, but there's been some commentary trying to get Trump to come there to the blockade (laughs) or something. 
Who says that? I don't know because what I heard was that they told him that he shouldn't get into a pissing match with Trump yet. They weren't at that point in the campaign yet. Bernie? Yeah. Interesting. I will go ahead and tell you right now the odds Trump ever comes to that blockade are less than. <laughs> they're in the negative, firmly in the negative. He would find them disgusting. Surely he's yeah. already had more days off where he like was on vacation. He's had more vacation days as a sitting president yeah. than many presidents combined, surely. But he came under fire this week for playing golf while the huge hurricanes. He stays uh, on yeah. vacation. Was Trump ever even been around the plebs, like in the vicinity, other than his rallies? No, the absolutely plebs? not. What's the plebs? You know, like the the lower class. This is a guy that uh, th- <laughs> this is a guy that thinks like homelessness is unsightly and like yeah, you know what I mean. Like huge problem facing our country, homelessness, but not like the actual crisis, just the aesthetics of homelessness. <laughs> God damn! Listen, folks, we're gonna do something for these miners. They got the all this coal. Let's let's burn the coal. Let's burn it right now. Yeah, <laughs> let's burn the coal right now. I bet he has had homeless people killed near his hotels. Just to get them out. Just mm. fucking get them out of here. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> that Wash reminded me, out. that German reporter snagged a piece of coal. Oh, And God. Was, like, <laughs> was like, I'm holding on to this. <laughs> Harlan County Coal. Harlan County That's going to be like a big collector's item one day. <laughs> oh, uh, people no. had this romanticized, like, image in their head of Harlan County. Totally. Oh, God, when I was at KFTC, I had to do, you know, those fucking Mountain Witness tours. It's, you know, we still do them, essentially. But I had to drive a bunch of artists around, show them a bunch of shit. They insisted that we pull off on the side of the road where there was like, it was like a processing plant near the blockade that went over there in Cumberland. We were oh, driving yeah, through yeah. there. And they insisted we pull off. And I, I, I said it 20 times. Do not. You are stealing coal off the side of the road. It, there are mounds of coal. And I was like, people go to jail for this. To, to try to trying to heat their home. Is this when you're take around Jim James <laughs> from My Morning Jack? No, it wasn't them. Do you imagine like Louisville suburbanites getting black lung because they've like spent too much time? <laughs> they were from Louisville. They were from Louisville, and they insist they were going to make art with it. They were going to make all this art to raise consciousness. And I was like, "You're stealing," and I'm staying. <laughs> in the, I said, I, "Listen, I'm staying in the van, and if you get arrested, I'm not vouching for you. I told you not to do this." <laughs> And they insisted they got out and, like, scuffled up a bunch of fucking coal. These people also insisted on saying Appalachia. And once I tried to gently let them know that people here say Appalachia for the most part, which I'm not on a high horse about it. Okay. But I just, like, you know, gave them a gent- gentle, you know, this is, you know, most local people say it this way. And and she then insisted on saying it the other way, just over and over. She said it 50 more times just so she could say, like, no, this is the way to say it. This is the correct <laughs> way. She got out there and well, stole her Appalachian coal. Well, I, th- I have to say, where I'm from, we benefit from the shit that comes out of the ground just being a liquid. You know, people so can't steal people it. People bring the jugs. Raw. I want to get some at Texas tea. Yeah, that, crew, <laughs> that crew, baby, black gold. <laughs> It's like that episode King of the Hill where the guy from Massachusetts comes down there and wants to do all the cowboy stuff. <laughs> yeah, want, is there that kind of tourism in the Southwest? Not around, like, oil. Like, people that want... No, not that kind of shit, but people that want to kind of do the cowboy fantasies on the weekend. Oh, absolutely. Like, the whole Billy the Kid stuff? Yeah. That is a huge tourist trap. Amazing. I feel like this is kind of where the Beverly Hillbillies... uh, This is like the Beverly Hillbillies thing as they struggle. That's the Jed Clampett. He shot the ground and oil was so... Up uh, came a bubble and crew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. It's like where cultures collide. That's right. But... Oh, that reminded me, though. 
Um, you remember that movie Hillbilly? We talked about it. Oh yeah. There's a weird part in that movie where like the woman who made it had never seen coal in her life. Wasn't that the weirdest part about that? And she's fr- that. I've remember that she was from Pike County, Kentucky. She'd never seen coal. Well, I don't. Remember she obviously that. had. Oh, maybe she meant like you I've never. Was a lie. No, I mean it. like. You literally can't be from Eastern Kentucky and not see coal because yeah, it's, it's like you can see the you seams. Can see the dri- seams if you've never on driven every road, on every route, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe she, she meant, just didn't know what it was. Like maybe she never held it in her I'm hand. I'm seeing it in a new way. <laughs> also, there's just fucking uh, figurines, fucking coal card figurines, every goddamn where. Hillary yeah. Clinton losing made me see coal in a new way. Really? <laughs> yeah. I see it all entirely new now. That was the hillbilly. That was the hillbilly movie. <laughs> That's yeah. the, that should that have been. Was. That's what you read when you buy it on Amazon. Yeah. That Clinton. was a pro Hillary movie. <laughs> Absolutely, it was. It was a weird. I movie. love that the climax of that movie is, f- you know, like live. It's like a Blair Witch Project footage of people <laughs> the night of the election. Yeah, Literally yeah, it is. Dark it's found. Night. It's found. Foot. It's a found footage it's movie. Chain smoking on their porches, just shivering in fear. That's so fucking funny. It literally is Blair Witch Project style. I love. It. I love Blair Witch. <laughs> just. I'm a Bell County witch. Bright camera lights on their faces. Their pale, oh, sweaty just faces. So good. Just so oh, good. My fucking god, man. Just panting. Well, I can't defend them anymore. <laughs> How are you gonna do it? Oh <sighs> shit! Net Tom, net. Yes. Net. I was thinking about this earlier because you know how Moscow Mitch is like alliter- alliterative things are kind of winning things. Yeah. yeah. I love alliteration. Wow. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had mentioned this on a tweet today. Is why Tanya Turner. Yeah. I got I got a cousin named Adam Adams. <laughs> now that's, that's too a much. Different level that's of, a different level. That's, <laughs> that's a, a <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I do enjoy alliteration. What, what about the? I know how people like the libs think that the alliterative thing is what's really mm-hmm. resonant sticking. <laughs> oh, because, that's their peak marketing scam. Well, yeah, it's because they think that the M- Moscow Mitch stuff is getting to Mitch. They think that it's like getting really under, under his skin. Yeah, yeah. So Dan O'Brien thinks that oh, obviously it's working. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's all you have to do to fool these people. I, yeah, right. I saw that a tweet. Somebody was like, "It's the alliteration." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I missed this, they but I found, did alliteration. Yeah, they finally found the uh, the key to getting under Mitch's skin. The thing about Mitch is that he fucking, he's playing it like it's really getting to him a little bit. Call me Moscow Mitch is just too much. It's just over the top. <laughs> he said that? Yeah, because he, cause he knows it's weak as fuck, but he's like trying to act like it's like he's trying they've to got him, him on the ropes. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's giving them enough rope to hang themselves with. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have really got me now. I'm nervous. I might spend half of my war chest on this next election. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a, a quarter, quarter of, of it. it. <laughs> Dig deep into my pocket. Jesus Christ. Um, yep. Uh, so what else is going on? What else we got going on here? What else we got going on today? Um, Tanya said you had some notes over there. Oh, Terrence's article. I said I did the homework. Oh for, yeah. For oh. Even though it was so many goddamn words, Terrence. Oh, we're gonna, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. You must be referring to my article in the Baffler. Oh, wow. Yes, I am. That's crazy. You brought that up. This is cr- well. Crazy. I just returned from Eagleton and I read it. I was trying to read it aloud to Michella so I wasn't just being an asshole on my phone the whole way back. Pocket. You get mm-hmm. the pocket app. 
reads it to you. Oh yeah, there's what? a what? Yeah, a plug in the URL and it reads it to you. A robot reads it to you. And it's pretty good. It's pretty close. Is it a woman's voice? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want. Awesome. Whatever I voice sure you want. I like that. Anyway, I got we were we hit Letcher County and I was like, let me see how much is left. And I scrolled through real quick and it was over half. And I was like, fucking God, I'm sorry, baby. I got to read this to myself as quickly as possible now. Reading it aloud wasn't gonna do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's wordy. He is wordy. They're paying him by the word. I'm sure they were. Good I, job. I was getting paid by the word. A little Terrenceism there. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to tell a story. You gotta you gotta tell a long story. Mm-hmm. Um. Playing that long game. Yeah. Well, I thought we could talk a little bit about it just because of how topical it is. Um, and because I love talking about myself. <laughs> this would be our 150th episode or something to prove <laughs> that we do love talking. No, but really, it's um, there's some good content there. So um, I wrote this thing. It's in The Baffler. Um, it's called Hollowed Out, uh, wherever... Fine periodicals are sold. That's right. Um, bookstores. Go buy it and tell the cashier that you're <laughs> kind of know a guy that wrote something. This guy. It's a cool cover, too. It's a great cover. Where, where here can I get it? Anybody anywhere around here? Uh, there's nuts. no fine periodical carriers here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have in Lexington, so. I'm going to go see if I can get it ordered at Cozy Corner. Yeah. You probably could. Um, but they may not. Uh, they may not want to do that you know he's drawn the ire of the transition <laughs> movement yeah. say the least yeah. yeah they're saying bad things about me on apple net they're saying I bad things that. about me on the apple net listserv God you know it. you know <laughs> that's when you know you're doing something right you don't I've come back drugged. from bad being slandered Whoa, on apple i've been drugged for filth on apple net honey <laughs> really Fuck yeah, I didn't even know it was still a thing, though, really. I thought they had buried that fucking listserv. Same, I didn't, I also was not aware. Who the fuck is on AppleNet? <laughs> and this, the year of our Lord, 2019. Fucking cut your hand off. <laughs> um, In the, the year of our Lord, 2019. Um, AppleNet. No, it's bleak. So, a few months ago, I read something in the New York Times, and we talked about it at the time, but it was by... Um, former guest of the show Campbell Robertson about the Mind Minds program. Yeah. You you know what that is? Have you heard about it at all? Yeah. Um basically It's not even the first of its kind. Yes, it wasn't even the first of its kind and it wasn't even the first of its kind to get revealed as a scam, <laughs> which is even more fascinating. Um but it is essentially a program that teaches um ignorant coal smudged faces uh, Appalachians had a code, basically. Remember the minds to mine? Yeah. Oh, I remember minds to mine. Quite well. Wait, a bullet was dodged there. Well, something also very similar to what happened at Mind Minds also happened at Mind to Minds. <laughs> this many people are now in tech jobs from that. <laughs> that many. She's she's forming a zero with her hands, folks. Not a one or a two. <laughs> A big old goose Not egg. a 12, not a 6 or a 3. <laughs> big Wattsburg duck egg. Big Wattsburg <laughs> duck egg, baby. Yeah. So I saw, um, so like, it hadn't clicked, it had not occurred to me until I read that New York Times thing. Like, mind, minds. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love it. That's what they're talking uh, here's about. Here's my thing about the branding. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's why, that's why everybody thought that was a winner. Did nobody stop to think about how fucking insensitive that is? Especially the mind <laughs> to minds. I mean, seriously, like people that should know better were like, 
Yeah, minds to minds <laughs> or mind to minds. Like, that one was particularly. Mind, that's even worse than mind minds. Go spend an hour Because mind to minds is, is it the essential, the thoughtful co minor. <laughs> you know, it's like that. It's like it's one or the other people. Right. It's right. like a dichotomy. You're either working in the minds or you got. You got a ticker going. Right. It's one or the other. You're either thoughtful or you're not. And right. I'll just say this. I'll just right. say this. Go spend an hour with any of those guys over in Harlan County right now, and you can tell that they all have way more fulfilling, more rich interior lives than any of these fucking <laughs> Oh, yeah. Who can't think about anything other than fucking pizza joints. And what How I How to love, get grants for goddamn pizza joints. Literally. And what I love, which goes back to your article, is Sunday when I was over there talking to, who'd you say it was, Dave? Dave. He, li- I was, David Pratt. I was telling him about my brother, brother-in-law. He, we were talking about what all other people were doing that had been working for Black Jewel, like what people have been doing. And we were talking about, well, this is like a whole funny scam, but there's like only one person in all of eastern kentucky that um gives the cdl driver test uh-huh. and so my brother-in-law my sister's boyfriend whatever um he got his permit but the last like five people in his class that they sent to take the test is has been failed and once you get failed then you have to go through the state police and pay a bunch of money to get the test and so we were just joking about how it's such a scam and all this shit <laughs> absolutely, <a scam. laughs> absolutely most things scam. the police are yeah absolute <laughs> scam this whole because this one guy in eastern kentucky i think it's maybe in somerset or it's somewhere like the Mont- monopoly on it i guess he has a 90 percent fail rate <laughs> He oh, fails. so that so it's a racket. Yeah, he fails ninety percent of C, of people who come up there to get their CDL license, and all of them like out of work, like at yep. the end of the rope, guys. Yep. So this is and so so I showed up this past weekend to babysit, and as soon as I hit the door, Jacob said, "Guess what?" I was like, "What?" I thought it was going to be something fucked up that I was going to deal with this weekend because I was already in babysitter mode because they were about to leave. He's like, "I got my CDL permit," and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, man!" But then he told me that, and I was like. You ain't getting that license, Jake. <laughs> you might as well piss that to Buddy, the wind, Buddy, they saw friend. you coming. But he said he's about to have to start 10-hour-a-day classes. And for, pay for them. They're linemen classes, but he has to get a CDL and all this other who, shit. Who does the classes? Do you know? I think it's Southeast. Anyway, it's all... Any, anywho. It's all... So this is... It's, this all, all, it's all like the yeah. food chain. But yes. anyway, what the whole point was that Dave, what Dave said when I was sitting there just talking to him about it on Sunday at the blockade, he said... I'm one year away. He said, that's what they want. They think we're all going to get retrained for something. He said, I'm one year away from retirement. <laughs> he said, I'm one, I've got one year left to work before I can officially retire. And I ain't retraining shit. Well, this is what, what was so astounding to me. Um, I had found this story in the Mountain Eagle. Because, you know, over the winter, I spent a lot of time hanging out at the library <laughs> reading old Mountain Eagles. And I found this really great story in the Mountain Eagle from 1974 from a coal miner who said that he was approached by an ARC bureaucrat and encouraged to learn how to be an elevator operator. And he was, he was like, astounded by this because, A, Hazard, he lived in Hazard, only had one building that had an elevator in it, and B, the damn thing was push-button. <laughs> so all he had to do was fucking put, like, that was it. So it's like, it's been the same shit for 40 years. So wait, when I read it... I, I, this confused me because when I read it in my own voice, I thought uh, elevator repair person. Like he he would <laughs> no. be to repair the ele- <laughs> an elevator they, operator, an actual <laughs> operator, which I can't even fathom that someone would stay. I've only been in one elevator that had an operator. Did they think there were going to be be like a boon of like nineteen? 19- 
50s style that like someone it was gonna stand yeah in the elevator people do that now they you know they, they that's the whitesburg city hall elevator yeah that one is a <laughs> that one is like a crank you gotta you i'm, to I'm scared operator. to death every time i get into that thing I'm like, let me <laughs> out of here thing ain't been tested for efficacy <laughs> no. 20 years no 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 I don't even why. I guess they have it because they have to move such big shit up there. To it's store. just a yeah. Relic I'll tell you from... what big shits up there. Workout equipment. <laughs> they have fucking. They have uh, their own gym. Yeah, they do. They have like walking whatever. The, the haunted thing. house. They used to use it for the haunted house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have Chris <laughs> Connell in a Jason mask on top of the little <laughs> basket there, and you'd look up and you'd oh, shit. yeah. No, the, they have treadmills up there, I guess. The attic of City Hall was the haunted house. Well, the thing is, is that. You can't make this up. The part, the basically the through line here was that ARC hasn't really changed since its inception. It still sort of operates on the theory that, like, yeah, retrain workers to better vocations and pour money into vocational education. The bleakest thing I've ever sit through was an ARC anniversary um, presentation about what they had done for the region, and I think was it fifty years? They just had their oh, they, 50 yeah, years, they were like formed a few in, years ago. Yeah, nineteen sixty-five is when. Yeah. So, so for the uninitiated, this is the Appalachian Regional Commission. Yes, in two thousand fifteen, <laughs> I, I had to go to one of those stupid ARC things for my for my job, and it was in Moorhead at the college. And it's the, one of the bleakest things I've ever experienced in real life was the ARC fifty year. <laughs> uh, just round up of all their accomplishments. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I, what was their? What was their? What was the thing they hung their hat on? Yeah. I, I, buckle up. <laughs> I shit you not. Indoor toilets. <laughs> so basic infrastructure was their like indoor toilets. Just plumbing. They Love the it. they brought the statistic from like I don't know sixty percent uh-huh. or forty percent <laughs> in the sixties of indoor plumbing. To like ninety six percent or something. You know what's interesting about all this? It, they couldn't even get to a hundred percent. Well, what's funny <laughs> about this? Plumbing. What's funny about this is now it's like a bougie hippie thing to have an, out- an outhouse, outhouse in your house. <laughs> half, half, they worked so hard. The ARC worked so hard to curb that. Half the hippies got up and left during the presentation, right. just furious. <laughs> yeah. no, I, this the whole thing. This guy was in a fucking three piece tailored suit. Saying this out loud. Uh, did you practice this? Did was you it hammering Earl Gold? It wasn't Earl, no. It, no, they had some young dumbass up there. He was like yeah, in Earl's his retired 30s. Now. He's a relic. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. It's so funny you go to these ARC meetings and there's just all these like, well, in nonprofit parlance, you'd call them stakeholders. But really what that amounts to is just who's got the money in the communities. And they're all just chomping at the bit to get ARC allotments to do like landfills, prisons. Like, I sat with these guys from Munfordville, Hart County, which is, like, <laughs> could only by the loosest definitions be considered Appalachia. They just kind of got sectioned in for political reasons back in the day. Many political count ARC counties. Well, I was sitting there with Paul Nesbitt, the big engineer in Lexington, and these guys from Munfordville. I think he's maybe the county judge of Hart County, maybe the mayor of Munfordville. And they were just talking about all the landfill projects they got done together, Paul and these two guys, and how, like, they just go to these things in glad hand, uh-huh. write the grants and get it. And it was so funny because when I first came on, like, we were trying to um, get uh, money to redo the old water tank up by the hospital here. And it's the same guys that were chomping at the bit to, like, help us with that grant. Just let us know whatever you need and all this stuff because they know 
they can get there, you know, spend 20% of the money on that and then just line their pockets and admin and whatever else. Yeah. Know? It's just, it's just a racket. It's like the road projects. Yeah. Lance, what's his name? Lance Lewis? Lewis? The motherfucker who owned uh, Mountain Enterprises. I can see their little logo on the side of their trucks. They've built every road. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Every yeah, road yeah. in and out. And it's like the biggest pork project coming out of Frankfurt. Yeah. They get so much goddamn money. Well, that's the thing. That was the thing. Like, ARC's biggest. So, the history here. And you can... <laughs> Toilets. You can read about it in the Baffler. But um, just as a quick roundup, the war on poverty in Appalachia had two huge programs. The first was the um, ARC. Appalachian Regional Commission. And it was, like, operated on this, like, sort of growth center strategy where you built roads to the growth centers in Appalachia, like Pikeville and stuff like that. Um, And you get um, people to move into those areas because you don't want people living out in the countryside. You don't want that. That's not productive. No. No. It's not good for capitalism. Um, And then, so, you know, and and so they, they built roads and they were, they were focused on vocational training and retraining minors and on tourism. Those were their big things. The other big program that came out of the war on poverty for Appalachia was the Office of Economic Opportunity. Yeah. And that was like, that's where you had the community action program, and that's where you had the VISTAs. Right. And that's why... It, that's how Apple Shop was originally funded. Exactly. It was, um, it was, and, and it's why things blew up here in the 60s, basically because... It turns out that if you get a bunch of people in a room, and this is the thing with the community action program, it was mandated that 60 or 70 percent of the community that participated had to be poor. Um, And so, but it was premised on this liberal assumption that like, oh, we'll just get everybody in the room together and everybody will get along and and they'll they'll identify the problems in their communities. Let me poke in here real quick and just say this is like, I mean, you can even see this today when people are just like. We need to run moderates. We need to get appeal to more people and all this mm-hmm. these sorts of things. Yeah, it's just the, the grassroots same. way. It's the same fucking shit. Well, for them, it backfired spectacularly right. because it turns out if you get sixty or seventy percent of a community's poor people in a room and have them start talking about all the problems of their community, they're going to burn it down. They're going to yeah. burn that fucking thing down. Right. And so this blew up in places like Appalachia and Chicago. Where mm-hmm. um, you know they couldn't keep the lid off of, on on top of it, so that's why Nixon had to start dismantling it in the seventies. But the ARC remained. The ARC was um, untouchable because its project wasn't really political, um, and so that's how uh, you know. And its mission basically didn't change in in thirty or forty fifty years, <laughs> as evidenced by the elevator <laughs> anecdote and the toilet anecdote. You just you just swap in. <laughs> It's new thing, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And there you have it. And so, uh, and so, my piece specifically is about the ARC's latest hit. Like if this was like a Aerosmith or something, <laughs> they're they're now touring on their big, their latest hit, which is called the Power Initiative. <clears throat> so the Power Initiative uh, was started in what was it like 2015? I guess Tom. It was like uh, 2015. Yeah, 2015 or 16. And um, it was, the subtext was, it was an Obama-era program, and the subtext was that it was kind of a response to the war on coal. Right. It was kind of like, people are getting put out of work. I mean, it was the, it was the basic question, like, what are we going to do with these coal miners since they're out of work? They're now called displaced coal workers. That's now the new nonprofit word for coal miners, by the way, Tanya. Okay. Displaced coal workers. 
<laughs> you have to obscure as much as possible what's going on. That makes on. sense because one of the women who was from some ungodly place, she wasn't the California woman. It was like another older woman who was from somewhere very far away on Sunday. She was trying to get them to talk on her Facebook Live or some shit. <laughs> and the woman was Classic. like, it was Curtis and his wife were talking, and she was like, so, you know, we're kind of just like... This um, I don't think she said the word displaced, but she's like, we're just like having to be out here every day because where else are we going to go? What else are we going to do? And she's like, are you displaced from your home? <laughs> and the woman was like, no, we have a house, but we, I mean, we ain't doing no good over there either. That's, we have a fucking house. They love that. The, did you listen to that podcast I sent you on the dig with that John Patrick Leary? The damn, damn thing I started. With the keywords of capitalism. Like and and I wish I'd read his. I wish I was aware of it before I written this. But like his, he's basically displaced one of the. It was not, but um, innovation was one. Um, human capital was another one. Yeah. Uh, like you know, like <laughs> you've got these words that are intentionally supposed to obscure the relationship between boss and worker, right. and so or just the relationship of capitalism in general. So displaced coal worker is the perfect word because. I mean, it doesn't answer. Like, who, yeah. displaced by what? Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah, what? it's like, like they're like they're hurricane refugees or something <laughs> yeah. like that. One of the Hal Rogers' greatest hits that used to send me into a tizzy was when he would say, "We have the most competitive, um, competitive waged workforce." Which which, meant, which is a fancy way of saying you can pay these motherfuckers whatever you want. Pay them nothing. <laughs> he he said once that our like our our workforce um, offers the big you know it was like our best that was our biggest value was our people. But then he would you know slip up and say our competitive waged workforce. Yeah, well, they dr- they dress it up by saying that like we're these like resourceful like resilient grit. It's like the grit griff. It's like the grit griff for sure. Like we're talking about. Faith but grit, all maybe. that is all. All that is is a way to gas up people to work for shit. Yeah. Totally. Well, and so it's funny you mentioned Hal Rogers because Hal Rogers was a huge proponent of the power initiative. Go mm. figure. In he the, co-opted the biggest piece of it. He did. He did. He um, The Reclaim Act, I guess, is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, which was power plus to begin with. Right. You'd think in 30-some years we would admit to ourselves that this, he is not a fucking ally <laughs> and nothing with his stamp on it is good. Well, he loves the power. Here's the thing, Tanya. By virtue of being open to diversifying the economy, mm. he was deemed progressive. You know? That's the weird, twisted thing about all this. Which is the most... Diversifying the economy is the most capitalist thing you can possibly <laughs> say. Exactly. Yeah, totally. But a lot of these progressives around here have convinced themselves that that is woke and progressive or whatever. Yeah. To, like, not want to, like, mon- coal mono economy. It's like... Congratulations! Like, I mean, when we were going to, well, when we did, when we were, when we were planning the protest, just to hang up a banner in front of his face that sore, the, some of these progressives literally said the words, "Just we have to work with these people." <laughs> Why are you doing this? We have to work with these people. It's, it always brings me back, and I hate to echo. I hate to The people I, who've stolen valor for that for that very action said that. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, the people who now claimed that we were they were on our side. Yeah. Yeah. Literally drug us for it. I hate to echo Breaking Bad <laughs> and this also the Year of Our Lord 2019, but it's kind of like that when the guy's getting ready to shoot Walt's brother, DEA cop brother, <laughs> in the head. Yes, I know. It's like, you're the smartest man I ever knew, and you're too stupid to see that 
it's like you were like you're supposed to be like all these people that you know we're talking about here it's like they should know better by now that these people can't be worked with yeah it's just if your project is you know progressive one or whatever that means yeah 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 well it's because they're all like fucking landlords and stuff (laughs) that's true. <laughs> I mean, they're all like landlords and they're capitalists. They're all upwardly mobile people. And if you're not, and you're and you're like earnestly working in that world to like whatever, you're just a schmuck. Nah. You're just or they a have fucking second homes. Right, right. Nah. Well, um, so, all right. So, like, but bringing it back to the power thing. So, like, power, the power initiative was this, um, it was a federal project administered through the ARC, but created by the Obama administration to diversify Appalachia and obviously Hal was on board because you look a lot of these contracts and a lot of them go to Somerset area like his Somerset Kentucky area Um, but the um, I guess the overarching themes here are consistent with what the ARC has been doing for 40 or 50 years now um I'm gonna let you keep going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this in well, later. Go, why don't you go for it, Tony? Well, I just you're about to <laughs> make a point that I'm just gonna emphasize. Okay. You want to get to it first, and then I'll emphasize it. We're like the globetrotters here. You fucking well, throw if, it up. I'll <laughs> slam dunk it. If you're, if all of because this article is is, I mean, you you make a few stretch assumptions. <laughs> not even made assumptions. You I'm, got no. some holes in your no, account. No, 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 that's not what I mean. <laughs> you, there are maybe like five sentences in this whole long thing that's just your opinion. The rest of it is just a string of facts. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this history. is literally just a string of facts. <laughs> it's just history. Anyone disputing this, like I don't even know how they can. So, and if this, and then you just like summarize what this actually means at the end. Yeah. And this summary, if it's not enough. Um, in all of your string of facts of just historical data to know it's like the ARC has literally told organizations that they will not be funded if they're working with groups like Apple Shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they won't fund us. They won't fund people who are working with us on their projects uh-huh. and a handful of other groups that they've deemed radical or that organize or any of this. Yeah, absolutely. Like totally cut. They- and that's, and that, and to say that, Apple Shop is radically is a organizing and a threat to your project <laughs> is is pretty out there. Just yeah. goes to show For you how one. far right things have drifted. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So so okay. So I, I wrote down a few things that like that you know you should know, and we can read through some of these projects if you want. I thought it might be kind of fun. Um, well, I have a question. Did really none of them would talk to you just about the work they did? All you wanted to know was about what actual what what happened. Yeah. No, no, no. I so it's not like you were drilling them. No, no, no. I only got responses from two people, or I'm sorry, three. I only got an earnest response from one, um, and it was a woman at a place in Southwest Pennsylvania. And um, she these t- people don't even want to talk about what they did. No, they, no, of course not. <laughs> Supposedly, we committed unspeakable acts well, they against did the, the poor. Classic, well, you work at a number. I mean, you, they did the classic, like, oh, so and so is more qualified to speak on that than I am. They would just, just bounce pass me them, around pass from pass around. nobody would yeah, ever yeah, give yeah, back yeah. to me. Well, because they hired someone to coordinate this garbage for fourteen dollars an hour, and then fired them immediately as soon as right. it was over. Right. Yeah, well, okay. So here's here's a you get at a really interesting point. People are interpreting this as an expose. Like, I was trying to, like, do what Campbell Robertson did or any of these other people I've done with this program. 
uh, this $153 million program with 184 grant recipients. This is not an ex- expose. It was just a commentary on liberalism and, like, the sort of, like, gradual transformation of liberalism from the 60s war on poverty to the neoliberal market-driven liberalism of Obama because that's what this is. Like, they've – Obama, like – a lot of them even kind of build it as like I, I don't want to go this far and say that they were saying it's war on poverty 2.0, but they were couching it in the language of like let's government help you out, let's let's government help you out. And so they, you know, poured 150 something million dollars into this, and most of the money has gone to startups, entrepreneurs. Um, I'd say the bulk of it has went to people providing services from other parts of the country. Yeah, and. Yes, was all say. the tech bros have were flown in. Yes, that, to run these innovative tech programs. And and another thing that I realized while researching this is the role that universities and colleges and community colleges play in the sort of like entrepreneur uh, culture. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they have positioned themselves, especially in the periphery of capital T, the capital R region. As, like, the sort of locations where capital is aggregated, expertise is aggregated, and then those things are deployed into various, like, I don't know, like this woman said, uh, maker spaces, business coaches, tech, whatever. What's wild to me is that, I mean, like, when you think about, you said, what is it, 100 and, how, 150-some million? 153 million, yeah. When you think about the big grand scheme of budgets, you know, that it's not a lot. Like, for instance, our one prison was getting half a bill right. just to build one prison. Right. right. But when you think about it in actual, like, what people are able to accomplish with this amount of money, like, I mean, obviously, well, I'll just say it, let's say it this way. These, like, interact programs and shit. Oh, yeah. That were getting, like, how how much million? About two or three million which is a lot of money, but but they weren't just getting it from. So this is the thing about power: is that if you can get two or three million from ARC, you can easily raise two or three million from venture capital. You yeah. can then go and you can raise from the Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. <laughs> and then go raise it from the Catherine T. MacArthur right. Foundation for like six month programs that in, that ended up impacting twelve, like yeah. five people. Oh, nobody gets jobs from this stuff, uh, and and they even openly say this on Facebook uh, forums and stuff too, like. Well, just it's it's, to it, it's so funny. It almost mirrors that fucking pyramid scheme our buddy was into. That's kind of cult like. <laughs> oh, it's that's the thing. Is is a it is one hundred percent a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Just like yeah. all capitalism is. Just like Wall some Street kind is. of scheme or another. Yeah, well, yeah, and to yeah. put it in perspective of like historical regional organizations, like we already mentioned, Apple Shop. The uh, the annual Apple Shop budget to employ twenty people is less than two million dollars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are vastly underpaid. Right, you right, can't right, right. Granted, yeah. You can't emphasize that enough. But less than $2 million yeah. a year. Well, this is another thing that blows my for mind. For a whole year of programming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the city of Whitesburg's budget was, to hire, like, you know, street crew, fire. Yeah, and that's a lot of money. Yeah, to yeah. run a whole city. Yeah. Um, and they're getting over $2 mil to run one hack to, job to, project. To yeah. fucking start, a like, a fucking <laughs> horse cum soap factory. Yeah, that's going to run for six, like a six-week training program. Well, that's the thing. You, yeah. too, can make soap from horse cum. Come here and learn yeah. in Barberville, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> the most truest Kentucky entrepreneurial venture 
in the year of our Lord 2019. Well, but this is the thing that I find so fascinating is how many of them couch the language of their missions and projects in these liberal terms. Like they are helping people and like this is um, it like it is this sort of like progressive minded project uh, when in all actuality it's a it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid scheme like yeah. you were saying. Yeah. And that's what's so fascinating to me about it. They're in a cult and they don't even know it really. Yeah. I wonder how much money Hal Rogers personally has made off of power initiative. Uh, I, he's probably made several million if I just had to guess, or so a, a double-digit percentage. Yeah, and and this isn't even a conspiracy or anything. Hal Rogers, a lot of the institutions and organizations he's plugged into sits on the board of all this other stuff in Somerset, Kentucky. Let's see load. his tax returns. How about that? Oh, he makes a fuckload of money from federal contracts, and he's on the appropriations committee, so he just gives himself yeah. government money. Amazing. <laughs> I'm he's kind of like he's kind of like the hillbilly Matthew Lesko. Remember the guy that come on like daytime TV when you're homesick and he had all the question marks on his suit <laughs> oh and he had God. that book. Yeah. He was like, "Here's where the government money yeah, is." Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like this is okay. So I had pulled out some numbers. Um, so you know, like I said, a lot of this money goes for tourism. A lot of it goes for workforce development. That's the thing you see all the time. Workforce development. Farm-to-table shit. They love the farm-to-table uh, and foodways stuff. Um, but um, here's what they don't like. Communism. Do y'all know one rich Appalachian farmer? Or even... even <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't, I'll, be, I'll take you a step further. <laughs> or even making I don't know money. one that's making minimum wage. That's what I say. Yeah, it, 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 not one... Not one Appalachian farmer. But I know plenty of people that made a lot of money training them to farm. Oh, yeah. But Ooh. it's because you can't make money... Like, and this is the thing. This is the thing that, again, blows my mind about it. Is that they base all of this on the inerrancy and and um, and wonderment of capitalism, but they continually forget the basic premise of capitalism, which is that things have to be profitable. And so like, there has to be losers. Yeah. And so why the fuck would like farming in this like really rugged well, there are losers hill country? Oh yeah, Where like the soils no been yeah, fucked up. You can't like you can't do large scale farming here, and so it's not going to be profitable. So I don't know. And so it's a logistics conundrum to get the shit in and out. Like realistically speaking, we could bring speaking, ten it's, people on this show in the next three weeks. Um, we could do it to turn around that quick of people who've tried and failed. Uh huh. Well, very skilled people. There's never going to be like a like a. We're never going to be able to produce something here and get it out like that's bad capitalism for east like appalachian the quicker we realize that the like we're gonna run a ramp market <laughs> we're just gonna start we, okay if we can turn kudzu into ramps or figure out some really quiche way to set to move kudzu yeah yeah kudzu jelly i guess ginseng is kind of um profitable but, but you remember that woman? Dry land fishing. Yeah, huh? that woman in Chinatown uh, in Chicago laughed at me when I told her, talked to her about Kentucky ginseng. Oh. She said, w- Wisconsin. Right, right. Ginseng, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. She laughed in my face. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Tanya. <laughs> Nobody wants your Kentucky-ass ginseng. But I, at any given time, my uncle Dale's got a whole fucking back room, whole garage full of dried out of ginseng. He's dry now. 
I come look at all this ginseng. I got well, ginseng yeah, isn't labor intensive like farming is. You get three or four of your buddies and go out to the mountain and. Uh, and then also, what do you make off of it? Right. Like you put a lot of work into it, and you make a couple hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. Well, something. my aunt Sharon's unbearable. He needs he needs time out of the house. He needs things in the woods to do. Um, I'm not against foraging. I'm just saying it's not a viable like full time no. job for most people. No, I can assure you, uh, Dale's not buying any second homes anytime soon. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Okay. Listen to this. This makes no sense to me. <clears throat> this is one of the grant recipients. $1.5 million ARC grant to Marshall University Research Corporation in Huntington, West Virginia for the Sprouting Farms Project. The project will facilitate the development of a vibrant agricultural industry in a nine-county area in southern West Virginia by educating new farmers... Well, um, education is another. At least let's here, let's come up. You know how the guy did the buzzwords of capitalism yes. on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Let's come up with our own buzzwords of transition. The Appalachian transition <laughs> education. Is the buzzwords. <laughs> oh, education yeah. has been put on too much of a pedestal. Education completely overrated. Also, very much a grift. Yes, absolutely. Next one. Um, so educating new farmers, launching farm businesses. Are you coming for sexy sex ed, Tom? <laughs> Watch your ass, turn. <laughs> yeah, we're coming after you next. It's alliteration and sexication. Yeah. Oh my god. And it's yeah, and it's a portmanteau <laughs> sexication. Sex education. Yeah. We're gonna blow you open next. Or I mean, the I can't wait for it. the sexy sex ed expose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Launching farm businesses, jumpstarting wholesale market channels, all while encouraging business and farm sustainability. ARC funds will be used to implement workforce and farm business accelerator training programs. Accelerator. Well, definitely workforce <laughs> is top. Accelerator. Workforce acceleration. Secure and upgrade the project site and facilities because if this is southern West Virginia, a lot of those sites are going to be fucking uh, former coal mines. Brownfields. Brownfields. Um, provide direct business support and employment to new agricultural businesses and program graduates. The program project will create 20 new businesses. This is my favorite part of all these. <clears throat> they just throw out the, the metrics. Yes. There are 20. <laughs> there are only 20 businesses in Whitesburg. Kentucky. If. if. <laughs> they love these metrics. Counting Dairy Queen. But the thing is, their metrics have no rationale behind them. They're just arbitrary. Oh, well, um, people on the Affluent listserv would disagree with you, Tom. They use a very strict methodology for determining this I'd, I'd be interested to know this. Okay, well, I'm just going to chime in here as an official sociologist and tell you <laughs> that all measurements are bullshit. <laughs> They're all made up. That's They're right. Up. Even dig measurements. They're, that's right, people. Uh, it, if it says you're small, it's bullshit, actually. Um, it only goes the opposite <laughs> Project to recreate 20 new businesses and 33 new jobs and leverage $961,475 in additional development. I love it. I love it's the It's the rule of three, just like dick. If he says, if, or, or just like sexual partners, you know, they say, oh, yeah, if men yeah. say they've been with like 30 people, they've really been with 10. Right, right, right. So it's, the, it's, all, it's tripled. All these numbers are tripled right. out, of some, out of something they found. It's exactly I've right. I've done it myself, folks. Oh, that's why I know. I've I, written, that's how I know. I've written enough grants to know, like, I've just been sitting there like, Oh, I wrote an 20 sounds report. good. That sounds right. Because you have to, you can't overplay your hand. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. you can't put it too low so it sounds meager. So, On an annual report last year, I said 6,000 people had visited Apple Shop. I have not, I have zero evidence of that other than the pain in my ass of when someone just walks, walks us up. In, like, right. hey, what's, I've never been 
here before. I was in the Amy McGrath ad. <laughs> <laughs> that's our. That's all of our business. Um, so education. This is a hilarious education entry. Um, Two point one million dollars to the Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education in Charleston, West Virginia, for the Entree Ed K through fourteen Every Student Every Year project. When I first read this, I was like, okay, well, maybe they're putting some money into education. Maybe I can write about something. Like, maybe something good is in here. But this is what this is. The Entre-Ed program enables K-12 through teachers enables. to... Enables. Yeah. To integrate... There's another one. Entrepreneurial content and context into delivery of required standards in any subject or grade level. So, basically, we got to teach the kids early to be capital. Dog, they're teaching them at kindergarten. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> That didn't make a lick of sense. They're teaching... This is what it says, Tanya. I'll reread it. Entre-Ed program enables K-12 teachers to integrate entrepreneurial content and context into delivery of required standards in any subject or grade level. The project will educate the next generation of Appalachia's workforce to create their own businesses to drive the local economy. (laughs) No, honestly, I've seen this in action. I've seen this in action. When I worked at KVEC, we had an elementary, a middle, and a high school... Uh, entrepreneurial fair and I, when i'm telling you that babies came in there we had the elementary school one at our office because it was small uh-huh. and they had literally it was like six lemonade stands i shit you not six <laughs> lemonade stands a dog walking business a car washing business oh. a bicycle cleaning I, I shit you not it's like they've just seeded all so this is like the natural progression of the stem stuff Hair bows. there were a lot of bows kids making Why? bows for athletics <laughs> we don't Very even colorful teach humanities bows. anymore just from kindergarten on it's just how to be the most ruthless bloodthirsty forget music or, <laughs> forget or music. also 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 our class is out right the arts are done but also <laughs> if you fuck up if you fuck up you end up in the lower classes you end up what 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 is the pejorative flipping burgers that's right mm-hmm. That's kind of stuff. And the reason they do that is so they can automatically relegate a huge section of our burgeoning population to low wage work. Uh-huh. And so it's like so it's like either you you do this and you play by our rules and if you're lucky this happens or it's back to the fucking salt mines yeah. for you. If you can't if you can't make your uh, car washing business work There's another way, folks, and none of us really have to work that much. <laughs> Dude, these are all so fucking bleak. Uh, $1.4 million grant to um, Southwest Virginia Community College for the Southwest Virginia Regional Cybersecurity Initiative. The initiative brings together three colleges in southwestern Virginia. (gasps) I met these people. And aims to position this seven-county southwestern Virginia area as a regional hub for cybersecurity industry. No, I swear to God, I, we we saw these people at Pound Lake. Remember? Oh, that's that was, who those that's fucking who were. were. Remember is this we talked about? Is this that Appalachian storage hub? The off talked about? They were they were all all these kids we were at them. UVA Wise for a two week cybersecurity <laughs> intensive, and me and you, they yeah. all came to Pound Lake, and that, you left, and we started talking to them. Yeah, and that's what they told us they were doing. <laughs> it was an international program. They were all kids from other countries. Yeah, they create at UVA Wise. It's a certification credential program aligned with industry needs and national security agency guidelines. That, uh, Amazing. <laughs> We met these mother- they Industry were all- needs and the national security apparatus. <laughs> they were all That's from darker other than you countries. could even imagine. I, could, I couldn't fathom why they would fly in all these kids to do cybersecurity at UVA. Why? It's because they had power money to do it. Oh, yeah. They had they flew $1.5 million. None of these kids were local. I don't even know how they found Pound Lake. <laughs> 
There might have been one local dupe. Um, 1.5 million for the retraining energy displaced individuals. Oh, that's so good. Energy displaced individuals. <laughs> you know, someone in a in a Google Drive in a in a Google document document that someone was editing, a bunch of people were editing that said folks, and someone put individuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this um, why why is folks canceled again? I don't know. I don't know. But that's just the other version of individual. Like classes or something. <laughs> I think it's less professional now. Right. Folks is what you say when you're telling people what you're doing out loud when yeah. you speak it. But when you write it on paper, you have to say individuals. Oh, okay, okay. I've just heard like folks kind of mention like kind of pejoratively. Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it's just hilarious. Me, I mean, it's like a drinking game at this point. Even when I was at KFTC, me and I won't name her, but um, in staff meetings, we would like check mark how many times someone said the word folks um folks 2.2 million dollars to the industrial development wise for the virginia emerging drone industry cluster project arc funds will be used to position five counties in southwest virginia as a national destination for the development of a drone operator workforce to support the emerging drone industry in the united states Another KVEC reference. When that when that was announced, the like three idiot men that I worked with at that time who were so into drones, so into drones they had crashed one in the office. <laughs> but luckily the assistant director, who was a woman, had taken out insurance on it through Amazon and <laughs> got it replaced. Anywho, they were furious when this was announced because they were being just like blast like well, we'll never catch up to that. <laughs> How do we no, compete no, with won't. that? How do we compete with that? Um, a drone racetrack, essentially. Yeah. That's what that was. It was like a drone racing facility. Oh, you'll love this one, Tom. $662,000, or a little over half a million, to the Southwestern Pennsylvania Corporation in Pittsburgh for the Southwest Pennsylvania Economic Gardening Initiative. Gardening's big. No, it's economic gardening. So it's Whoa, not, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is so, this where they? Is this where they? Uh, in Pittsburgh, no less. Amazing. Yeah, say no, more. They, um, it, ARC funds will diversify the business operations of supply chain industries in a ten-county region in oh, southwestern so like, Pennsylvania. So southwestern Pennsylvania is the garden, and they're planting yes. businesses. <laughs> yes. And they called it the economic economic garden. gardening <laughs> initiative. So gardening has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's like a metaphor. It's like. It's like a I put economic in economic gardening. In the essay I you put You reap what you sow. Yes. It's kind of like terraforming Mars. Like yeah. you just kind of do a little bit of stuff here. Yeah. And you know, a little seed capital here, a little angel investing there. And then you get a diversified economy, and then, folks. And then you get your yield. Do you think NASA <laughs> two, two coal miners working in coding. <laughs> do you think NASA would return your emails about the work they do? <laughs> No. What's wild to me is that the point is they get grants, which get them press, which get them more grants. They must not have thought you were a valid journalist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously not. What, if you search my name, I think the first few things that come up is an essay just taking a massive shit on the nonprofit industry. You think they Googled you and then they didn't respond? They're smarter than me. People will reach out to me all the time and I never think yeah, to Google like, them. Nah, whatever. I never think um, to Google them. So, okay. So we're well over an hour at this point so we should probably start wrapping it up but there, i just there's a few other things i just want to point out um so we've covered kind of covered all the venture capital entrepreneurship um tourism stuff like that um but uh this is a good one you'll like um 
$1.1 million to, the, uh, to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, for the Appalachian Recovery Project, an Ohio opioid workforce initiative. <laughs> so all of these are about turning addicts into productive workers. Into wage slaves. Into wage, exactly. Yeah. How to bring them back into Profit the... Profit centers. Exactly, oh exactly. God. As um, if they haven't suffered enough. Yeah. Also, and I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's it's just not even thinly it's veiled. So it's just in money. the way we talk about people, too. Mm-hmm. A productive member of society. It's all, yeah, it's all stuff Paying like their debt to society. I mean, yeah. I had to keep bringing this up, but Apple Shop's never got a grant this big. Never in 50 years. Um, a million dollars. Uh, ARC grant to Industrial Commons for capturing emerging markets through the creation of a textile and furniture circular economy. Uh, feasibility study. People, dude, they love feasibility studies. They fucking love uh, feasibility studies. I got a little studies. insight on feasibility studies. <laughs> okay. Feasib- Tom being the con man he is. Feasibility studies boil down to getting the right people with the right connections to sign off on whatever you want it to say. Yes. So, for example, you could do a legitimate feasibility study, and they would come back and they'll say, so, for example, on this hotel out here, because I worked on that. And, you know, it's like, realistically, just the eyeball test, if they built, I don't know what they were shooting for. I think maybe at one time they were saying something like 50 rooms, which is outrageous. But let's say they built like 14 to 20-something rooms up there. I think it's legitimately you could say they would operate at half capacity, 50% of those rooms filled, X amount of nights a week is like their like sort of like, you know, Metric. equation. Yeah, yeah. I would say you could probably operate at half capacity maybe two nights, a, one night a week. Legitimately, right. one night a week. Right. Half capacity. But if you go to the Hunden Group in Chicago or one of these like sort of boutique like the people that that really have to like sign off on your project to make it go like say oh yeah this can this will work one that's going to cost you a ton of money but two they'll say any fucking thing you want to <laughs> hell you can get 52 rooms in there at half capacity eight nights a week they're right, fucking you're, eight days in a week cuz you're paying them yeah, cuz you're paying it, them right right yeah. That's the like, that's the real thing of the consulting classes. It's not it's not based in any sort of reality at all. It's whoever has the clout, <laughs> you grease their palms, and then they sign off on your bullshit, and then it looks like you're legit too. Well, and so this is the thing, in all of these, and I, so I tallied it up. Um, so if we're if we're looking at things that would actually help people, healthcare, education, material needs, um, infrastructure. Um, so okay, so there's 140, 184 projects on this thing. Most of them require because they want to do the whole Silicon Valley thing. So most of them require Silicon. <laughs> my bad, Silicon. Silicon Valley. Val- no, I think we should just go we'll with just, that. We'll go with that one. They, they've got the Silicon Holler thing now. But most of those things require broadband. Right. There's no. There's nothing in here really for broadband infrastructure. There's. I think there was seven grants awarded for actual broadband infrastructure out of 184. Which and, is funny because, like, that's always the huge hurdle everybody talks about to, like, do yeah. something here. Yet more money is spent on the, the Feasi- cart before the horse. Yeah, so there's more grants in here for feasibility studies right. for broadband infrastructure than actual fucking broadband Which, infrastructure. Which, mind you something, mind you, <laughs> broadband's something we could do tomorrow. Easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but Hal has commitments to uh, Verizon and Windstream. <laughs> 
and yeah. AT&T, yep. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And by the time it gets to you, it's chopped up so much <laughs> and the bandwidth is fucked. But really and truly, we could yeah. fucking go lay broadband so, tomorrow and have give it to everybody for nothing. Right. When they say feasibility studies for broadband infrastructure, they're not talking about like going out and looking at the mountains and being like, can we get a fucking oh, wire? Yeah, shit. Thing no, what they're talking about is like, will we have enough stakeholder input and buy-in? And what they're what they're <laughs> and what that what means. they're really talking about is like goddamn okay how can we get you know Verizon how, how to can do we this make or, it profitable right yes yeah, that's exactly for right. our corporate overlords so um and so and so like that got me thinking like well okay is there any infrastructure in here at all two fucking grants for actual water and sewer infrastructure and one of them. It's in service to a wildlife viewing facility outside Corbin, Kentucky. Elk, the elk viewing <laughs> center. Oh, yeah. Which is – that that whole elk viewing thing is premised on tourism. Like, Million-dollar bridges to elk viewing. Yep. And yeah. – well, Was it the other one to a hypothetical prison that we beat? <laughs> that, that actually wasn't out of power. Okay, that was that out of power. That was uh, – AML. AML pilot project, Tom. Yeah, my bad. Oh, fuck, man. <clears throat> Um, Something that you wrote in here reminded me of a conversation I had last week. What? Um, where you say hillbillies are a rich seam of grant money. Oh, yeah. And, that's uh, a Tom Sexonism, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it reminds me of, um, I mean, it's kind of like the everybody wants to be a hillbilly, but nobody wants to drink the water, right. which, to which we really don't know the origin. But another one I love, to which we probably don't know the origin, but I heard myself from Herbie Smith, was there's a lot of money in poverty if you're not poor. It's true. And it just so happens we were chilling last week talking about, and he was going on, he was on one about how he used to never see a help wanted sign, and now they're everywhere. And what he was getting at is that nobody wants to work no more. Classic boomer bullshit. Oh, you know, God people, you know, damn it. And, or, and he's like, you know, everybody's left, but, you know, I used to never see, he said, I never saw a help wanted sign until I was, well, here's you know, the, here's, many years old. Here's the other thing, too, is, yeah, you goddamn right nobody wants to work. That's what I told him I said. There's no wind at anybody's back. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no upward mobility. So even by the rules of capitalism, things are even like... <laughs> he said, when they turned this Druthers into a Dairy Queen, 5,000 people... This is in this is in uh, Fast Food Women, an Apple shop film. 5,000 people applied for 18 jobs. That is in- incredible. At Druthers. At, well, it, it, when it was becoming Dairy, Dairy Queen. God, I miss Druthers. I know. We had one in Pineville, too. God, Druthers was the Druthers shit. Druthers was shit. <laughs> okay, anywho, when they changed it over to Dairy Queen, 5,000 people applied for 18 jobs. And he was like, you know what? You know, because that's, that's how it was, you know? Yeah. And he's like, now there's all these help wanted signs. And I said, Herbie, none of these jobs, it doesn't pay you to work these jobs. If you have kids, you cannot afford, afford child care to work. Like you, it is not. That's yeah. just one. There's no like the health care prop. The prop. The health problems that these jobs will cause you will cost you more in in medical bills than what you're being paid. Yo, yeah. It literally. My sister is in this loop right now. She keeps going back to a job that is fucking her back up. She stands and chops. Uh, fucking fruit all day long and it has fucked her back up so bad because she doesn't even have like the right padding under her feet where she stands all day right right. you know i mean there's other hard jobs whatever but she literally stands chopping all fucking day and it's fucked her back bad and she keeps going back to this job when she's paid in more medical bills than what she's been paid yeah like quit yeah yeah, yeah. it does not pay anyone to work these jobs none of these jobs and he was just like well when i was a kid minimum wage was one dollar an hour well, okay, the equivalent of that is now when it's like the equivalent of that is today's minimum wage is about a penny an hour. If you, it's like the equivalent. Right, right, right. Of, you always hear the thing thrown about two things. It's like, one, 
you nobody can afford a two bedroom apartment any zip code in this country on minimum wage now. No. And the other thing is, if adjusted for inflation, they always throw this out. If it, minimum wage were kept up, it'd been around eighteen bucks an hour now. Mm-hmm. And most economists agree it needs to be yeah. well over. It's like basically twenty. It needs to be like twenty one dollars. Yeah, like an hour a fight for fifteen is like obsolete. Yeah, now. it's taken so far. It's taken so long to even get to. Yeah, well, it's, it's still not here, and they're still trying to roll that out. You exactly. know, what I mean, over like a number of years. Yeah. Well, um, so that you know, there's other good stuff in here, but you know, we're we're pretty well over. But um, like I said, uh, innovation gateways. That's another good one that they love. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but gateways. Oh yeah, gateways. Love it. Um, you know, <laughs> the gatekeepers of the gateways of innovation. That's right. <laughs> um, but but I think the overall sort of thing the overall point i want to try to make here and that i was trying to make with this is that okay let's say that um you read this and you say you're right there is a lot of money in poverty we gotta whatever and you want to dial it back to the 60s well what happened in the 60s i mean what we have now this massive bloated non-profit industrial complex that does nothing is all a product of what happened in the 60s especially these overfunded motherfuckers i mean i just can't believe they're getting they're pulling down two million for one project tanya i found projects in here that get a hundred thousand dollars just this someone so they paid someone let me see if i can find it i think i can find it real fast i feel like i have spent the last three years just like hustling my ass off for fifty thousand dollars here and there you know what i mean this um this just fucking died we're just like this fighting like, and scrapping for fucking crumbs. This like PR firm got almost two hundred thousand dollars just to monitor and evaluate the power initiative. Just to fucking I want to get six stories. figures to monitor and evaluate. Why do you need two hundred thousand dollars just to fucking post on Twitter all day? <laughs> they were doing their God PR. Damn, if we could figure that out, yeah, we'd be. Yeah. But I mean, this is all kinds of downstream strategies. One hundred fifty thousand dollars for strengthening resilient economic resilience in Appalachian communities project. Just to fucking uh, research, explore, document strategies and policies local leaders can use to enhance the future economic products. I mean, Local like, leaders who probably don't even like you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this, so this is... There the, is no local leadership. No, no, no. no. It's just betrayed the <laughs> yeah. work, poor working class. Yeah, leadership is just too strong a word. So... No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was no, just no, thinking about you talking about these, like, hub centers, like, where they're trying to funnel population, and it's just like... If you're in Eastern Kentucky and you still support Hal Rogers and you don't live in Somerset or Pikeville, you should really reevaluate some things. Mm-hmm. Carry on. Um, so, um, but this is the thing. This is the larger point. Is that like, let's say you wanted to dial it back to the '60s and you wanted to, you wanted a more um, like like I call it in there and like the writer Alyosha Goldstein, who I quoted in my thing, calls it social liberalism. Yeah. The belief that government can make things better and that like the little guy has to be looked out for by the government, his civil liberties have to be protected. Blah blah. It's over. That's over. We cannot go back to that. We, we we that we'll never return to that again. We have passed through the wormhole of neoliberalism. You can't dial the clock back now. Yeah. The only path forward now is either some sort of fascist political project or socialism. <laughs> I mean, it really is socialism or barbarism. And so you kind of have to make socialism a choice. Socialism or barbarian. Yeah, you kind of have to make a are. choice. And um, and so the real answer here is all the solutions to all these bullshit problems are political. None of them are technocratic, 
You can't fucking throw money at a bunch of community colleges and nonprofits and expect to have a thriving, regional, diverse economy and all this stuff. No. People have to have political empowerment, and they have to combine their labor power and exert it. Um, this is peak incrementalism. It, it, it's not even. It's, it's not even incremental. It's not even. Incre- <laughs> it's not even that. It's. It's not even band aid work. They couldn't even call this harm reduction. <laughs> well, it's. It's all it is. It's. It's just capitalism, churched up and clothed in the words of like progressive wokeness or yeah. whatever. I mean, the government spends money worse. That's true. That is but true. That's certainly true. But you know, locally, pacifying countries. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But locally, this has a lot of really fucked up and difficult ramifications. I mean, it it stops a lot of important work from happening. Just like when we're just literally trying to convince Hal Rogers not to build a prison, we're shit on by our coworkers and like people who we work with, saying literally we have to work with these people. Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument that that's why I was fired. It's like we have to work with Hal, and. You said some mean things about him, and that yeah. that makes us awkward. That's uncomfortable. I mean, I mean, and you say this in the article, essentially. Well, you at least hit at it when you talk about the original origins of the ARC and the OEO. Um, is that it, OEO? Yeah, OEO, baby. OEO. <laughs> I like we all got that reference. We're fucking old. <laughs> um, is that all? All of these ARC grants, um, in the bare bones of it. Is stopping organizing. It like is. Like it's halting organizing. Because it, it obscures, like all liberalism, it creates a sort of mask that obscures reality for you. Um, and this is why every time people freak out about an essay like this or us saying any of these things, it's, the, it's why they latch on to nit, nitpicking details. They miss the larger point, which is that we're just trying to, it's like you were saying earlier, it's all just facts. We're all just laying out how the world really is. And if you don't know how the world really is, how the fuck are you going to change it? Like, they don't... The point the thing. is to change the world. Yeah, they don't actually want to change the world. They want things no. to stay the same thing. They don't want the status quo to be challenged. These are the kind of reminders when I, I need, when I convince myself, when I start to spiral and blame myself for my mental health. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. I, this ain't my fault. You're this ain't your fault. You're not, this ain't your fault. This ain't my fault. You come by it honest. You're surrounded by people who are under an illusion. <laughs> They're fucking deluded. Absolutely. Take the red pill, not in the not in the bad alt right way, in the Marxist way. Take the actual sickle and hammer <laughs> yeah. red pill, and start seeing things as a Marxist. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know how else to put it. Anyways, um. So, if you want to go check it out. Uh, go buy the latest copy of The Baffle. It's yellow. Right. Or go so to... So cute. The... Such a cute cover. Yeah. It'll look great on your coffee table. Totally. Or you can go to thebaffler.com. Or... Yeah, they on, got it on the internet, too. In yeah. your in your bathroom uh, magazine rack. Yeah. People love to put reading materials in their bathrooms. Like me. Um, I never read it, but it is there for anybody who wants to. You can't because you have to read your phone on the toilet. Terrence so, keeps the nine eleven issue, the New Yorker, on the back of his toilet, <laughs> and and the Donald Trump election issue. Right, the November eighth, two thousand sixteen issue. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Um, t-shirts. Tanya, we got t-shirts. We got the tour coming up. Uh, well, we've closed out pre-orders on t-shirts. We'll close out tonight, so people. 
they'll be, be able to about that by the time they hear this. But if you do, if you missed out, come to one of our shows and get one. Yeah. Please. We'd love to see you on tour. Yep. I have a plug. Yeah. Uh, on the last tour, um, the only gift I received was um, some salve and some organic tobacco Both leaves. great gifts, by the way. Such great gifts. No, I shouldn't have said that's all I received. I mean, th- those are my only gifts. They were tremendous. I finally used the tobacco leaf this oh, weekend. Yeah. You need to share some of that. How, Tanya's been hoarding the tobacco leaves. <laughs> for spells. Okay, I'll bring I'll bring one. I'll bring you one each because you have to like. There's a way we I figured out. I had a friend over who knew what to do with them. Okay, and so we had to like re-moisturize them. We had to leave, leave them in water a little while, then dry them back out and cut them. And they were, it is the best blood I've smoked in years. Did you it get, was felt. It tasted so good. Uh, did you get like nicotine fucked up on it? I don't as well? think so. I don't. I don't think so. Maybe shit. I don't know. It just tasted so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Just so light and airy. So what's your, um, what are you saying? You want people to bring you other gifts? Start thinking now about <laughs> gifts you're going to bring us. Because I'm going to be on all the tour days and I want gifts this time. Since I didn't miss out the last time. But no, no, the shout out was to the folks who gave those to us. That was actually yes, what I was getting at. Open Source Farms. Yeah, Open Source Farms who, who showered us with those gifts. Thank yes. you so much. I finally did use the leaf and it was delicious, lovely. Thanks. It was such a pleasure. Um, well, hopefully I'll get to try that. <laughs> also, <laughs> before we go, please check out the Patreon. If you want more content, trust me, the content there is good. Yeah, and now that I'm part-time at work, I'm about to step it up yeah, on the Patreon. Uh, the Patreon's going to be Tanya heavy, so if you want Tanya, come to the Patreon. Let's get lit um, over on the Patreon. If you're not sure how it w- this works, because some of our boomer listeners, i.e. my parents... Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, my parents aren't boomers. Probably like late Gen X. My parents are Gen, Gen Xers, actually. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Wow. Um, but let's just say everyone Gen X and up is kind of like, what is this Patreon thing? Well, it's just a website. It's <laughs> <laughs> like any other website. P a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. You. It's like a Netflix subscription. Just give it $5 a month, and it gives you the content. (laughs) And for people who are already Patreon subscribers, might I suggest offering a month or two as a gift to a friend? Yes. I think that's such... What a nice gift to give. That's a good upsell, Tanya. It is a good (laughs) gift What a salesman. Salesperson. What a good gift. Such a nice gift to someone. It's very cheap, but it's rich in content. But use their credit card, so after the first month, it just renews automatically. Yeah. Hopefully they forget about it. <laughs> Don't check no, your just statement. Add it to your shit and be like, "This is for you. This is a little thing I'm doing for you this next couple months, and then I think you're going to want to keep it going." Right. Right. Um, all right. We'll check that out, and we will see you next time. All right. Yeah. Bye.